issue is concerned. They say if you intend to optimize your investments, maintain your superior original old bonds. Hence, do not sign up to the uh, DDE. Um, we have more on this and subject of the gold for oil. All on news tonight in a minute. One gonna, one gonna, one gonna pip, pip. Just one gonna, one gonna, one gonna. Every morning you the tear calls the browse actually something they day. Hey, God, the way town make hot. I grow best one if you know. If it be you where you get Vodafone one gonna promote them out. 20 minutes talk time to call all networks where you start get data one gig from 5 a.m. to 11:59 a.m. Bye. How can you go do pass me self and you dial star five? Three zero hash. Make we enjoy. You can please subscribe as many times as you want. Yes, plantain chips. Yo, sweet Amma. Take this by Vodafone One Ghana bundle. Moku vibe plus video calls and taste. You catch the vibe. Early morning, 5 a.m. sharp. Vodafone, further together. I just come out of a new TV. HD Plus gives you control to search, pause, reverse, and record your favorite shows. Now, when you download the My HD Plus app on your mobile and link it to your HD Plus decoder, you get free data to watch TV on the go every month. Visit any multi-TV dealer or Electroland outlet to purchase an HD Plus decoder and stay in control of your TV viewing. HD Plus. Enjoy them. Feely, feely. Imagine love and beauty. This February, experience love in all its awe and splendor as KBKB Music presents the Vitamilk Love Night. Express your love with a ticket to the ultimate romantic evening with Ghana's most romantic voice, Kobna Kobna and Friends, live at the Vitamilk Love Night. Saturday, 11th February 2023 at the National Theatre. For only 200 CDs single and 350 CDs double, selling now at kbkbmusic.com. Come feel the beauty of love. Express in 3D and stand the chance to win tons of gifts, including an Accra Dubai Accra ticket for two. See social media for ticket outlets or dial start 365 star 1114 hash. The Vital Milk Love Night. Saturday, 11 February 2023 at the National Theatre, 8 p.m. sharp. Produced by Image Bureau with support from Prestige Rock, Ebony Condoms, powered by Joy Entertainment and proudly brought to you by Vital Milk. For inquiries, please call 05 Five five one three one Good evening and welcome to Newsnight. In the next 60 minutes, Education Minister calls for review of protocol placement of some students into senior high schools as latest investigation uncovers widespread fraud by some persons who took advantage of the process and extorted monies from desperate parents. If this is going on, there's a cartel. It has to be stopped. And I work with security agencies to make sure this does not happen under me as the Minister for Education. Details as eight persons have so far been picked up following the joint news and fourth estate's investigations in the placement system. Eight people have been arrested in connection with this investigation. Two other people have been named who are on the run. 
Also tonight, pig farmers describe government's decision to open up Ghana's market to import of pork and pork products from the United States as suicidal, knowing that the local industry is already struggling. We cannot compete with uh, an industry. They are getting maize and uh, soya almost like free from their end to feed their animals. And we are here struggling to get those ingredients to feed the animals to them. I mean, it doesn't balance. We'll get to hear from the farmers who believe a better option is for government to invest locally than flood the market with foreign produce. Also tonight, Bank of Ghana Governor touts the efficacy of the gold for oil deal, which he says is leading to reduction of costs at the pump, despite IES projecting that fuel prices will go up between 7 and 13% from Wednesday. Helping to take pressure of the Ghanaian CD and then at the same time, using the government-to-government arrangement to bring prices down at the pump. And so far, it, it seems to be working well. We'll get to hear from former President Mahama, who is meanwhile asking government to take the deal to parliament for deliberation. Details of that. And in business, inflation rate pressures and current challenges with the economy forces the Bank of Ghana to increase the policy rate to 28%. As governor of the Bank of Ghana, confident of IMF program support coming in by the end of the first quarter of this year. And its sports president of the Sports Writers Association of Ghana has urged government and the FA to cut unnecessary spending and invest in sports development. And despite urging the Inspector General of Police to seek an out-of-court settlement with journalist Latif Idris nearly five years after his brutal assault, the Attorney General's office says no policeman touched the journalist. Right, so I feel the pains in my head because that's where they use the butt of the gun to hit and my rib and in my right leg. We have details of that and more here on Newsnight. Do well to please join us with your thoughts and comments. It's via WhatsApp 055 I am MFA Apao. And my name is Evans Mensa. Uh, let's uh, settle for the details now with the Education Minister Yaosa Duchum uh, uh, wanting a review of the protocol placement of some students into senior high schools as the latest investigation uncovers widespread fraud by some persons who took advantage of the process and extorted monies from desperate parents. Well, eight persons have so far been arrested by the police following the fourth estate's latest investigative piece, school placement for sale, which uncovered widespread fraud in the computerized school selection and placement system. That's the CSPSS. Investigations review that some parents paid up to 20,000 CDs to get their children enrolled in top-tier senior high schools. In that latest investigation, the fourth estates in Ajua, Adubia, Owusu and Evans, Aziamo Mensa reveal that protocol placement into Category A schools were sold in 2022, even though approval for some placements was limited to only the Minister of Education and Director General of the Ghana Education Service. Here are excerpts from the documentary. <laughs> In 2022, the 4th estate went undercover to ascertain whether, indeed, cash can influence the placement of candidates into top-grade senior high schools. The Ministry of Education set up a resolution centre at the Nathal complex to resolve complaints regarding the computerised school placement system. When the 4th estate visited the centre, desperate parents were found negotiating and seeking help on the placement of their wards. In that building, 
was a network of security men and cleaners who served as liaisons between the desperate parent and officials of the CSSPS. The false estate reporter who went undercover met Eric Agri, a cleaner. He indicated he could help change a placement from a Pam Senior High School to Mfantiman Senior High School at a fee. But in less than 24 hours, Eric increased the amount from 7,000 to 7,500 Ghana cities and would not reduce it. We presented another candidate who had been placed in Wesley Girls in Accra and wanted a higher grade school, Agri Memorial Zion Senior High School in Cape Coast. Eric demanded 8,500 Ghana cities for that slot. After demanding and receiving payments, the syndicate changed the placements of the candidate from Accra Girls Wesley to Agri Memorial Zion Senior High School in two days. Why are they? Mm -hmm. Eric was arrested in Rachel's house. Without being asked any questions, Rachel volunteered to give out more details on their operations. She mentioned Isaac Mengsa, a security man in a basic school across her house who was involved in the deal. The police arrested Isaac, who also mentioned Sebastian Apram as the one he was dealing with. Isaac led us to Sebastian. The immediate past uh, Director General of the GES, uh, Professor Kwesio Pukwamankwa, has also been speaking on this as part of the investigation and he names those who should be held responsible for fraud in the system. If there's fraud in the matter, then myself as Director General and the Minister should take the responsibility. I fully accept that and I fully agree. But that is also the reason why I knew that I'm part of it. I took measures to ensure that the issues relating to corruption and the place on the on the, the payment of monies and things like that have been dealt with and i wrote to the cid and then the bni well in his initial reaction to the investigative piece at dr yaose duchum to gtv it is worth considering a review of the protocol system the protocol from the senior high school headmasters nobody approves it they just upload it. So if 
the high school headmaster has 50 people on protocol. They just upload it and the technical person has suggested approved. You don't vet it. So the idea that you sit there and you are determining, no. Because that's the understanding I get, for example, when mm -hmm. I hear that it mm -hmm. is the minister and the director, the DG, mm -hmm. who have the passwords mm -hmm. to authorizing mm -hmm. those who get placed in these category A schools. No. You see, what happens with placement in all schools for that matter, and category A schools for that matter, is that 30% of all the placement is set aside for students who went to public junior high schools, a prosy for disadvantaged. So until now, until Frisnia High School, if you go to a school like Wesley Girls, only about 5 or 10% at most will have gone to public schools. This new system allows a minimum of 30% to come from those who have an equity intervention so that they too can have access to schools that they will never have dreamt of going. After that is taken care of, we also felt, and we feel strongly, that those who are the founders of the school, the teachers who teach in that school, the church leaders of those schools, should also have some something set aside for them. Go to okay. Wesley Girls and find out the enrollment. The data is public information. I haven't seen the documentary, so I cannot respond to that directly. For the first time, the poor has asked, you remember the student from Chira who got admission to Achimota, and the chief sent a, a delegation to bring her. That was the first time any student from Chira was coming to Achimota. This has been revolutionary. So we should not minimize that at all. For the poor who are listening to us, this is something they are proud of. You come to my constituency or something. The students that have been able to sponsor couldn't have had the opportunity if the 30% protocol set aside was not there for rural and urban poor children. I'm here to watch what was alleged. Mm. But the thing is this, when you sit in the room where the computer people are doing the work, you can't go around it. You can't go around the barriers that they've put in place. When the first placement results come up, 90% is placed there in terms of the protocol. So, so it's not as if you go to Wesley Girls and you say, I'm a staff. Unless me, you, even if you hack into the system, uh, the system has the firewall to withstand it. So the idea that the people who work on it can then go in there and then make the changes so that instead of 10%, 5% protocol, it becomes 20%. I, I haven't watched the allegation mm. that is being made, so I right. can't respond to that. But if what you are saying, uh, I'm responding to what you are saying, that is not accurate. That somehow uh, the 30% from rural areas don't get to go there. Uh, in fact, there are top level schools now where about 40% of the students are from public junior high schools because of the equity element that has been introduced. Well, that's um, the Education Minister, Dr. Yawase Edwichum. Let's bring in Manasseh Azuria Wini. We'll also interact with the PRO of the Ministry of Education, Kwesi Kwating. Manasseh, let's start by finding out about this particular issue. We know that there was an investigation that was commissioned into this particular um, placement and the sale of this placement to, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, parents, uh, for instance. If the minister, I hear him now absolving himself of any blame, this particular investigation then, who halted the investigation and at what point did we stop this particular investigation into the matter? Well, MFA, I think that question should be answered by officials of the ministry and also the National Intelligence Bureau, formerly BNI, and also the IGP of the Republic of Ghana and the Ghana Police Service. They should tell us why those investigations were halted. I must also say that the fourth estate at a point 
we involved the police to get some arrests made. And this was not the first time I personally involved the police before an investigation was even published. Because sometimes you'd want the law enforcement agencies to have enough information and evidence to work. So if you know that publishing the story ahead of those arrests would undermine the work of the security agencies, as responsible as we are, we engage them. At this point, we engaged them. We met with the CID, specifically the deputy director of the CID, and at the headquarters, we were given a team to work with. We started, the two reporters were invited to write statements. All of a sudden, the police headquarters withdrew these people they gave to work with us. And so if you take the BNI, if you take the CID that the director general at the time petitioned, and what they did in our case, I must say there were three instances that suggested Somebody high up somewhere doesn't want those behind this fraud to be exposed. And I must say, the minister kept making reference to the 30% rural schools uh, protocol. That's not what we're looking at. There is a 10% protocol that is given to the schools and also the Ministry of Education. So the ministry also has 5% to do placements. He talked about teachers who teach in the school. He talked about the chiefs and the founders of the school, the churches and all of that. Those protocols are within the 5% that is given to the schools. The question is, why do we give them, uh, another 5% to the ministry? And it is out of the 10% that people engage in the sales. So just to put the matter in perspective, this is how it is. But I must say, it appears that there is or there was a strong hand preventing certain investigations from being done. And the minister, the director general of the GSU commissioned the investigation, have told me that they are all against the sale of slots. So who is in favor of the sale? For which reason it appears any attempt to get to the bottom of this matter is being hindered? I mean, and, and, the, and you make that point in that documentary. I noticed that the former director general um, backs up the claim that he, in fact, filed the first complaint with the CID and the National Investigations Bureau to look into the matter because obviously it was brought to his attention. Uh, this was in 2022, and then we haven't heard anything again. I find it very curious that the, the two institutions, no arrest, Fortes State gets involved, and your team lead the police to make eight arrests. It, that, that is fascinating. Yes, it is, Evan. And if you know how the system works, the state security agencies are better placed to do investigations more than journalists. They have the power to arrest people, search their houses. They have the power to compel people to come and give evidence. The power they have, a journalist doesn't have. If I need an interview and somebody doesn't give me, that is where it ends. I cannot force somebody to give me information. So. 
as to why they got this uh, information. And if you look at the, the NIB, they actually started the investigation. And according to Professor Opokwa Mankwa, the young, the, sorry, the investigator stopped when he called to ask. He said, well, my boss will speak to you. Then the next time, there was a letter redirected to the uh, CID. And he had already written to the CID. And when they came, they had an interview with him. Uh, they gave them some evidence and promised they were going to follow it through. Suddenly, they also backtracked. So I think we should be pushing to find out who up there doesn't want the bad guys exposed. And, and, for, what, and, for, and for what to describe, that really rules out the former director general because he, from what you've described, has been following up on investigations. Yes, of course. Uh, he did everything and there's evidence to that effect that he saw some corruption ongoing. He didn't want it to continue. He wanted it investigated. And in his letter, he said there were allegations that some top officials from the Ministry of Education, Ghana Education Service, the Free SHS Secretariat, were involved in this uh, bribery and extortion and all of that. I must say that all the eight people that the police have arrested after the fourth estate investigation, neither of them works in these institutions. And it is not possible for these people to have gone to the system to place candidates in schools that only the minister and the director general of GES have the passwords. And what directly did the minister say about this? Because you got your investigators to be able to pay to get listed into these A schools. We've heard from the former DG. I'm sure you put the question directly to the minister, Dr. Yawasi Educhum. What was his response? His response is that he does not know these people. Uh, he does not condone this activity. And if anybody ever takes money to do placement, he doesn't know about it. Did he say whether his password may have been used? What exactly happened? No, that I do not think so because from what we know, the system is designed such that even if you give your password to somebody to work on your behalf, when the person logs onto the system, you are notified. The former DG also mentioned that it is designed in such a way that the two of them the director general and the minister. If Educhum is in there, whatever he does, he, Professor Opokwa Mankwa, will be able to see what Educhum does. And if he also does anything in the back end, the minister would also see. So there were checks and balances. But he says that a week after the placement started, and when he started raising issues, he was locked out of the system. So from that point, there was no way he could know what was happening. So all of these are issues that we have to interrogate because the GES, we are told, used to be solely in charge of this. So if for a director general to be saying that he was locked out of the system, 
Then who locked him out? Why was he locked out? And what was put in place to ensure checks and balances when one of the two people with full access was not out of it? So there are quite a number of questions that the ministry and the GES and those in charge of the system would have to provide answers to. Okay. When he was locked out, when the former DG was locked out, does it mean that it was just the education minister, Dr. Yawasir Duchum, that had access to the entire system? Other people have uh, or had some level of access, but it was the two of them who had access to the category A schools. And the minister even mentioned that it is these uh, schools that people find lucrative enough to want to take money. Uh, it will be difficult for somebody to want to pay huge money to go to crisis secondary school where I went to. Because a lot of the time you don't even get students. So it is a category A schools that these people had access to. I mean, the two of them. So once one of them was locked out, then it presupposes that only one remained on that platform. Well, it's not only Krachi, it's also uh, Ola Girls. Ola Girls. Oh, no, people know. will pay to go to Ola Girls. Manasseh, thank you very much. Well, we have the, the PRO of um, the Education Ministry, Kwesi uh, Kwating, also joining us. We know we'll deal with this extensively on PM Express this evening. Mr. Kwating, I'm sure you've been monitoring excerpts of this, hearing Manasseh as well. What explanation can the ministry give us as to what exactly happened? Uh, thank you very much and a very good evening to you and your listeners. Uh, the ministry has taken notice of the premiere of the investigative piece by the fourth estate group uh, led by Mr. Manas Azuri. Uh, first of all, we would like to express our gratitude to his team and his team uh, for their role in providing uh, some sort of vital information that is going to help strengthen the school placement system or process. Of course, it is not an information that is alien to the Ministry of Education. And at every point, the Ministry has been providing some sort of caution uh, to the general public, prospective senior high school students, parents, and guidance on the need not to pay or make any form of financial commitment or whatsoever consideration uh, to individuals. I mean, I'm, I'm fair to say unscrupulous individuals who may be offering them to secure uh, them with their preferred choice of school uh, during their school placement exercise. If you understand the school placement exercise, you will realize that indeed it is not entirely a system devoid of human interface. And so at every point, you may have challenges set like this. And so we take this first of all as a very good feedback to strengthen the system that we have already. Of course, what it means is that it's also an invest, uh, invitation to further deepen 
our commitment in liaising and working with uh, relevant state institutions, particularly uh, the security institutions, to make sure that we are able to nip this to the bag. Well, Mr. Kwating, uh, because we'll be dealing with this extensively on PM Express, we'll take the initial reaction and also we've been hearing from the minister on this. But you want to catch um, the full edition of PM Express uh, tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, Evans, you'll be delving deeper into this. Apart from the, mini- the PRO for the Education Ministry, we are having Parliament's yes, Education Committee. Yes, we have Parliament and we have um, <clears throat> the civil society groups who have been following this very closely uh, to interact uh, with us extensively on this. Because what the uh, G, the uh, placement is just mm-hmm. around the corner, right? Mm-hmm. And many parents will be concerned how this will be going to be resolved for them going forward. But let's stay with education a while longer. Uh, last week, we reported how schools are still dealing with the challenge of food shortages across the country. We spoke to the uh, Charles Preston, who talks about his own uh, difficulty in his own school mm-hmm. and that the food will be running out in a couple of weeks. Well, we're getting uh, some news now uh, from the Buffer Stock Company. We're learning over 200 and 90 million cities has now been released to clear debt of supplies of food staff to the second cycle institutions. While well, the head of the Buffer Stock Company, Chief Executive Officer uh, Hanan Abdul Wahab, has been speaking to my colleague Samuel Mbura. Currently, as you speak now, what government has released now actually is quite significant. Um, he has been able to pay more than 50% of what we owe suppliers, and I think that is that is good for us and um, we think that uh, once we are able to make payments of the amount of money we receive from government is going a long way to bring stability into the supply chain. Government has released um, around 290 million um, which is quite significant. And cities or dollars? Cities has been released and okay. um, is going a long way to support uh, the distribution of the food because uh, like I said I've signed almost all the checks and we are going to also issue the checks to the suppliers from tomorrow. I'm sure even from tomorrow when you come here, you will see most of the suppliers here to pick up their checks. Mm-hmm. How much do you owe in total? Um, currently, as we, um, um, we prior to what government has released, it's just a little over uh, 400 million. Okay. A little over 400 million. And what government has released, we, we, we think is, is very significant. And so we appreciate that support from the Ministry of Finance and the Minister of Finance himself, who has taken it upon himself to make sure that he reduces our burden. And plans are also far advanced in validating other, okay. the rest of the invoices for, for payment. Well, so that's uh, the chief executive of the National Buffer Stock, Hanan Wahab. Well, uh, the Attorney General's office this evening is saying that no policeman assaulted joining you, Latif Idris. Well, this claim comes the same day an attorney um, representing the Attorney General had told the court the Inspector General of Police had been asked to seek an out-of-court settlement with the journalist. Ms. Idrisu and the multimedia group are in court demanding payment of damages for the assault visited on the journalist by policemen. The journalist was in March 2018, beating up while covering a protest at the police headquarters. He has since been battling various health complications arising twice from head injuries arising from the assault. Um, court correspondent Joseph Akable reports. Right, so I feel the pains in my head because that's where they used the butt of the gun to hit and my rib and in my right leg and my chest. Why they hit your chest too? Yeah, they were hitting me all over, so 
these are the areas you feel pain but generally how are you feeling my neck as well yeah because of the slaps you know what has the doctor been telling you he was <clears throat> he was very worried latif continues to suffer as a result of the injury sustained during that brutal assault the attorney general's office however says no policeman touched him mr idrisu dismisses the allegations insisting he was beaten by many policemen many of these police officers a lot of them there were lots can you put a number to them for those guarded in front of the headquarters there were more than 20. so he pushed me into them they didn't know what was going on between the two of us but i don't know they all started beating me slapping me here and there so i shouted and called him joel joel he came and i asked him to start filming he raised his camera and he started doing something some of them also pounced on him and pulled him away so then they pushed me into the main building and it got crazy the attorney general's office on monday told the court it had asked the igp to pursue settlement talks lead counsel for latifi dris and the multimedia group samson ladi and they told the court the previous settlement talks mediated by the national media commission did not yield much latif then proceeded with his testimony recounting the incident he's back in the witness box on tuesday when he'll be cross-examined by the attorney general's office that's uh, Joseph Akabli's report. You're still listening to Newsnight here on Joy 99.7 FM. Still to come. Pig farmers describe government's move to import pork and pork products from the United States as suicidal for local businesses already struggling to keep up. We cannot compete with uh, an industry. They are getting maize and uh, soya almost like free from their end to feed their animals. And we are here struggling to get those ingredients to feed the animals to them. I mean, it doesn't balance. Uh, details after George is done with business. Hello, George. Hi, Evans. And uh, coming up in business, inflation rate pressures and challenges with the economy pushes Bank of Ghana to increase the policy rate to 28%. As governor of the Bank of Ghana, confident IMF disbursement should come in at the end of the first quarter of this year. We'll also be hearing more from the Bank of Ghana, rejecting suggestions that the goal for oil program should be abolished, insisting it would impact on the bank's reserves and inflation rate. The business news on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Alliance Live and Ghana Pay. Kweku at a spunky new office to congratulate him on opening his business. And man, was I impressed. The business is just moving quick. The sales, customers, everything is just working seamlessly. The secret, hmm, he said, it's MTN Business Broadbander. In this fast-paced environment, we need fast and reliable internet to support all business types. No laggy online meetings, great download and upload speeds, impeccable business management systems, all-inclusive. I mean, you can have it all. Shout! I signed on immediately. <laughs> to enable your business stay ahead and stay connected, make sure you're signed on to the best internet made just for businesses. MTN Business Broadband. Sign up today on broadband.mtn.com.gh and manage your account on my MTN app. Call 0244-308-111 for more information. MTN. 
son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom, and my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302 764101, 764209, or Welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, the current challenges of the economy and rising inflation rate forced the Bank of Ghana to increase the policy rate to 28%. This was announced at a news conference in Accra today after the Monetary Policy Committee met to review developments in the economy. There is more in this report. The governor noted that the increase was needed to complement efforts by government to fast-track the process and stabilizing the economy. The MPC believes that these measures will help restore fiscal and debt sustainability. Dr. Ernest Addison also ruled out suggestions that Bank of Ghana should look at a fixed exchange rate regime because of the recent challenges with the Ghana city in the last quarter of 2022. Flexible foreign exchange system has worked very well for Ghana since 1986 when we liberalized the market. Now that 
framework assumes that your macroeconomic fundamentals will be strong. On support for banks that will be hit by the debt exchange program, this is what the governor had to say. Agreed to reduce the cash reserve ratio from 14% to 12% on domestic currency deposits. Reduce the cash reserve ratio from 13 to 12% on foreign currency deposits. These measures gives liquidity back to the banks. It addresses the issue of the impact of liquidity and, and liquidity. Dr. Addison has also been giving details on Ghana getting the IMF financial support by the end of the first quarter of this year. Hopefully should be seeing the end of the domestic debt exchange and we are confident that by the end of the first quarter we should be able to get a disbursement from the IMF. The governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ernest Addison, was optimistic that the debt exchange program will rather help stabilize the economy and deal with the current pressures on the local currency. In a related development, banking consultant Nanotwe Champon has maintained that the action by the Bank of Ghana was in the right direction. The concerns situate within the model that they are using, and that model is inflation targeting. And in simple terms, inflation targeting means that these two things should move in tandem. Inflation rate and interest rate. Inflation rate moves up. Interest rate should also move up to calm down the situation and bring inflation down. Now, we've been practicing this since the 2000s, you know, and it has helped because we have had instances where inflation has come as low as single digit. Interest rate has come as low as almost single digit. And so I don't think this is the time to ditch that policy and go for an alternative policy. Tightening policy rate signals a very interesting impact on the cost of credit. And for many, this is not what we should be expecting this time as well. The model works on the basis that as long as inflation is rising, interest rate has to keep rising to check inflation to come down. Nanotu Champon is a banking consultant. Let's still stay with the Bank of Ghana because it is insisting that its gold for oil program will help reduce the current pressure on the country's foreign exchange reserves and also help contain the rising inflation rate. It has also rejected calls for it to be cancelled. Let's hear from the head of financial markets at the Bank of Ghana, Steve Nopata. It be suspended. This is a good program. We've never done this. I've told you already that if this, is, this goes very well, we have a very sustainable way of buying oil products for the country. Not only that, but the pressure on our reserves will stop. We are able to build on our reserves. Who should stop this program? It's a very good For the goal for oil, we are looking roughly about 160,000 ounces of gold for the program. Okay. And, and, and that should meet quite a significant portion of our needs. If we're able to do all the 160, that's about 60% of our consumption. Now, uh, per month, per month, okay. So, but the way it works is that um, when we buy this gold, boss must sell it to the BDCs and OMCs. They collect the cash, they give the cash back to BOG. BOG will recycle this cash to buy goods. So uh, some people have argued that it's gonna be inflationary and so on, and we believe that impact is minimal. Head of financial markets at the Bank of Ghana, Stephen Opata.
Automobile firm Suzuki has rolled out its brand new Suzuki Swift, which was assembled here in Ghana. The move is part of a broader program to assemble more cars locally. Let's hear from the managing officer at Suzuki Motor Corporation, Kwaichi Suzuki. This assembly project marks an important milestone for both companies since it is a first Suzuki assembly effort with Toyota Tsusho Corporation. We have recorded excellent sales results in Africa and Ghana with the support of CFAO, an affiliated company of Toyota Tsusho Corporation. Thankfully, in 2022 calendar year, Suzuki sales in Africa has increased by 60% to 116,000 units and also in Ghana, Suzuki sales has increased by 63% over 1,000 units. Therefore, we have positioned this alliance as a very important part of our company's strategy in Africa. We will continue to strengthen it to enhance Suzuki's presence in Africa, especially here in Ghana. And that is the managing officer at Suzuki Motor Corporation, Koichi Suzuki onto the stock market. MTN losses pesos to close at 82 pesos. Total, on the other hand, was up by 5 pesos to close at 4 Ghana cities, 6 pesos. And that's all for business on Newsnight. Back to you, Evans and MFA. Hey, George, thank you very much. George, you like pork? Yes, I do. Grilled, fried, you know, yum, chips. <laughs> You know, all, all the assortment that comes with pork. You, you know, know, the best places to get it in town. Everywhere they claim is okay. the best. I'll you show know. you. I'll show you some of the In fact, for MFR power, <laughs> pork was part of a dieting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. for her, to, and then somebody it's told her that grinded pepper. Somebody the told her that if she wants to slim, she should eat a lot of pork. Yes. yes. So she woke up in the morning. Yeah. She had pork, afternoon pork, yeah. evening pork. Good yes. fat. The fat is good. Fried, it's better than it's better than goats yeah. and meat. Hey. Well, yeah. well, well, well. Listen. Um. Now, <clears throat> pork from the United States will flood the Ghanaian markets, and uh, it's because of a deal struck between Ghana and the USA. Local pig farmers are against this move. The farmers are shocked at the move. They fear it will be suicidal for the uh, teetering local uh, industry. The uh, United States will allow pork now and pork products uh, to be exported into the Ghanaian jurisdiction. The pork market uh, may be steadily growing. However, several factors are uh, making it even far more difficult for the local pork uh, industry uh, to grow. According to them, opening the the floodgates to the United States will crash their investments totally. Uh, a statement cited by Johnny shows that government has already given the nod for the products to come in uh, before we hear from the farmers. And my colleague Kufeji helps us uh, dig into this uh, statement first. Uh, when was this nod given and then who's, who, which statement is this? Is it from our government or from the U.S. government? This is actually from the U.S. So they placed a request on the 24th of October 2022 uh, requesting for access to our you know pork market and then we granted them access on the 12th of january 2023 uh, the statement also makes reference to other countries already important into the market break it down so if you look at the you know ghana's imported pork and pork products markets it's actually been increasing from 4831 you know metric tons per year in 2017 down to 15,000. 174. Now, if you look at the countries that we actually import from them, um, Belgium is number one, number two is Poland, three is Germany, and we also import from Netherlands, Ireland, 
um, Romania, Spain, Ukraine, UK, and then France. What's the, what's the market value as far as the POC is concerned? All right, so the Ghanaian market, market value is now around 16 million uh, you know, US dollars. 16 million dollars. Yes. So the US, in, in, in this sense, saying they don't want to be left out of this big chunk Absolutely. of 16 million. Yeah. They want their farmers to benefit from the 16 million market. And so they apply to us and say, uh, Ghana, allow us to also bring our pork here. And then we said yes to them, mm, yeah. okay. uh, which is really what the story is. Well, this news has got pig farmers uh, panicking as they fear they will not be able to compete with the ad- addition of the US market. Uh, president of the Ghana Pig Farmers Association is Kwame Apiadankwa and joins us on the telephone line right now. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Dankwa, for your time here on Newsnight. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. You said this will will kill your industry and that it is suicidal. Explain, please. Uh, exactly so. Like you know, with the U.S. market, there the kind of opportunities that they give to their farmers, looking at the loans and the subsidies that they give them in terms of their maize, their soya, and all those ingredients that they use to give their pigs, we do not have some. So our pricing will definitely be on the high side, and that one will cripple our industry at the end of the day. Already from this same U.S. document, many other countries are exporting pork into Ghana already, Belgium, Germany, etc. How has the competition been? Well, what, what virtually they've been bringing into the country is really like the bacon, the ham, and that kind of thing. But with this kind of uh, document that we channel, we are yet to see how the whole document is going to be like. But if they are going to bring the whole pork, as we are doing in Ghana, then it means it's going to be a different story. In fact, I read the document, and it is very categorical that this will be importation of u.s pork and pork products yes so you're going to have pork coming in as well raw pork yes so i i think uh, uh we, we we as an industry we need to meet them and know exactly what they intend doing for the local farmers because we cannot create the enabling environment for them to just come and dump all that they've, uh, they've breeded in their country into our country to kill our farm. So we are now looking for the original document and then we'll, we'll, we'll work on meeting the U.S. business department to really just sit down with them and have, you know, a lengthy discussion with them so that we know the advantage that we as farmers are going to get in Ghana out of what they intend to do. What about your own government? We gave them the permission. They wrote to us and said, yes. we need permission. And then we said, yes, bring your pork in to compete with yours. Yes, that, that, that is true. We are trying to also have a discussion with the ministry, but so far, we've not been able to get a, a, the opportunity, but we are on it, and we will not relent, so we are giving the opportunity to meet them to know exactly what went into that kind of agreement? Because we were never consulted. There was no stakeholders engagement, nothing. All we saw was that it's in the social media. And I don't think 
that is uh, the best. Uh, thank you very much uh, for that. Uh, you've just been listening there to Kwame Apia Dankwa, president of the Ghana Pig Farmers Association there. And MFI, I, I, you like pork. I okay. love chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the poultry industry has been suffering a similar fate. After I wonder how they, we're going to do um, cope with frozen, you know, pork. I, I like it very You know, the fresh. challenge with that, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. You know, And uh, knowing how old so we've seen um, these poultry uh, products come in, most of them very old, like five years and over. Well, the poultry farmers, we know, also um, reeled from a similar move and then they believe that government has been unfair to them. We can hear from President of the Association, Isaac Auza. Some of these products that are brought into the country, sometimes the kind of chemicals that are added to it before they even get into our country, is one of the reasons why that we are experiencing a lot of, I mean, these diseases and what have you, because they inject them with so many chemicals. And mm-hmm. by the time they get even to our country for us to consume, it has already been affected. And that is what is affecting most of our, uh, I mean, of our youth. So for me, I think the government can do better but rather injecting capital into the system or making things available that those who are interested to go into big industry or portrait industry come, these are the support that we are ready to give it to you. And bet me, it will reduce the unemployment situation in the country. It will also help us to eat heavy, I mean, portrait and also heavy, I mean, pork that a lot of people are not enjoying rather than the imported ones that have been infested with a whole lot of chemicals. Knowing that our economy is already in dire straits um, and this pressure that we are going to put on it and the local industry, we've been hearing from an economist, uh, Dr. John Gachi, uh, on this um, this particular move by um, government to open up um, Ghana's market to U.S. pork and um, uh, pork products. We've been hearing from uh, industry players already. They've raised concerns saying that it's suicidal. But let's hear the views of the economist as well. We are in a dire street about our economy in general. Uh, we are not doing well in terms of uh, uh, our import of items to the country affecting us in the uh, areas. So this is a time that we need to focus, identify areas uh, of import that we need to block and areas of import that we need to allow uh, for our economy development. So I, I think uh, the pork market is one of the areas that we can easily develop and uh, block import of such uh, import into the country so that we can only be focusing on import of intermediate uh, goods into the country to serve our industries. And that will save foreign exchange for us. Uh, that will expand the workforce uh, in the area for us. Well, let's do sports now. Um, Musbal is here uh, with the very latest. Yes, well, MFA, president of the Sports Writers Association of Ghana, Kwabeneboa, has been speaking and he's been bemoaning the current state of football development in the country. According to him, the country's failure to win the African Cup of Nations after some 41 years and its inability to be competitive in calf club competition is an indication of the woeful decline of the game in the country. He therefore is calling on government and the GFA to stop unnecessary expenditure and invest in the game. He was speaking at the association's 47th award ceremony over the weekend. It's been 41 long years since Ghana won the AFCON. It's been 40 years since Kumasi Asante ruled Africa. And 23 years since glorious Atsopuk dominated the continent. The statistics sadly indicate 
the rest of Africa have overtaken us as we now play catch-up. We need to work smart and invest meaningfully in our sport to hold the road. Isn't it sad that in our last four World Cup appearances, we cannot boast of any major legacy project from the FIFA money, much of which were shared among players and officials? We suddenly have to take a second look at the practice, for instance, of paying as much as $100,000 to some management members as appearance fees. So that's uh, Kwabene Abwa, you know, the writer there, mm-hmm. and uh, fighting for Ghana football as well. He has always done. And even this $100,000 that was allegedly paid the management committee members of the Black Stars. And that's something that really irked him. Yeah, quite a lot of money there. So that's it for sports. Well, thank you, Ms. Bao. And uh, still listening to News Nights on Joy 99.7 FM. MFR Powell, four prizes are going to go up again between 7 and 13% from Wednesday. I know you do have a problem. And many, many people do have a problem with that when it didn't go south. You don't have a problem either. Uh, well, because you I fill do. my tank, so I fill your fine. tank. Yes, oh, so I, don't, I don't mind doing yeah. that. It's not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, but listen, there's some good news on the central bank uh, and the central bank governor today has been talking about the benefits of the gold for oil deal. Uh, Dr. Ennis Addison reveals that approximately a hundred million dollars. Uh, of worth of gold have already been purchased mm. uh, for this particular purpose. Um, the last time they, they had uh, 40,000 metric tons coming, we didn't see too much of an impact on the prices of the pumps, but he's hopeful that going forward, the benefits will begin to be felt. Okay, thank you very much for this next set of questions. Let me first deal with the question for well, thank you very much for those questions. I think the Reuters question included whether we had discussed this with the fund. And the fund is very much aware of our gold purchase program. Uh, we were in Washington in October. We had technical discussions with them on, on that program. And they, I think they were more concerned on the monetary policy effects and implications and issues of transparency and accounting. These were the issues that came up. But yes, they are very much aware of the Bank of Ghana's gold purchasing program. Well, um, this evening, um, we've been hearing uh, from the minority on this earlier. They've been raising concerns about this. And um, also, um, the Ghana Private Road Transport Union is threatening an increase in transport fares should uh, the price of diesel hit 18 Ghana cities, other pumps. Their caution is in reaction to the Institute of Energy Security IAS projection of a 7 and 13% increase in the prices of petrol and diesel. And also, uh, reacting to the projection, the GPRT said it will increase transport first if this projection comes through. We can hear from um, first the director of IES, Nana Amwesi, the seventh, who says the latest increase will be due to the city's poor performance over the past few weeks. A little petrol and diesel will see a rise in price of roughly 10% over the next two weeks. Also, a kilogram of liquefied petroleum gas will see an increase in price. The expected price jumps is influenced by happenings on the domestic foreign exchange market and the international fuel market over the last two weeks. It is observed that the Ghanaian cities' value have declined by roughly 10.3% against the US dollar in the last 14 days, a situation that will compel fuel importers to price in the foreign exchange exposure 
when selling to oil marketing companies. Well, uh, GPL to you uh, says it will not hesitate to increase transport fares if for prices at the pump, particularly diesel, hits 18 cities. No, as I'm, to- as I'm speaking now, um, I think diesel is around 15.5, 15.6, thereabout, okay? And now, where it is now, there is no way we can increase it. But if it goes up to around 17 to 18, Mm. Because if uh, if you remember when the uh, the diesel price was uh, around fifteen ninety nine, it that that was when we we increased our, our transport fares by twenty percent. Then it went up to eighteen eighteen ninety nine. Then we called for another increment again before it got in, it got to um, I think uh, twenty three forty nine. So that's the GPRT on this. And speaking of the gold for oil deal, there's been a lot of reaction to this. And the latest is from the former president, John Dramani Mahama. And for him, uh, since the deal is an international financial transaction, it ought to go to parliament and is likening it to uh, what we had with the Sino-Hydro agreement. Um, it was a better deal, went to parliament for approval because it's an international financial transaction. So why not the current deal in which Ghana's gold is being exchanged for oil? Um, these are issues that will, t- will interrogate Fed and subsequently and there's more when you log on to myjoyonline.com and that's it for tonight's edition of news night and uh, nana sakura is up next uh, intergenerational corruption is a topic he's talking about but that's not-